are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome in to another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. As always, I want to say thank you for making Locked On Louisville your first listen of the day. And just a reminder, the Locked On Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services, all Louisville, five days a week. So we are continuing to talk about this, to talk about the amazing weekend that the University of Louisville Athletics Department had across the board. We talked about volleyball and a little bit about football yesterday. Today is about field hockey. Over the weekend, the University of Louisville field hockey team picked up two road wins against ranked teams in North Carolina and James Madison. We're going to talk about those wins and explain why this year's squad has the opportunity to be the best team in program history and all that good stuff. We will, at that point, then transition back into football in more of a specific sense. We'll analyze Travion Cooley's big day against Boston College and what his emergence means for the running back committee moving forward. And then in the final segment, we'll take a step back and look at the newcomers as a whole and highlight some of the key contributors in that group. Before we get into the content of today's show... Like I mentioned, for those who are not aware of who I am, my name is Dalton Pence. I'm a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone, where I serve as both a football beat writer and a recruiting analyst, and also do some various PA announcing work for the university in various sports. You can follow my personal Twitter at dpence underscore, and the podcast Twitter page is at LO underscore Louisville. So let's get right on into the show. The field hockey team, which is ranked number four in the country continued their great 2021 campaign. They hit the road this past weekend and picked up two ranked wins. Uh, the first one being at number 10, North Carolina, 3-2 victory in overtime. Uh, that final goal scored by sophomore Amy Plum. And then Plum turned right around and scored the only goal uh, in the contest against James Madison, which pushed the cards past the Bulldogs on Sunday afternoon. So overall, like I mentioned, the cards are 15-2, 5-0 in the conference. They have one more game remaining, uh, senior day against Syracuse this Friday at Traeger Stadium. They have the opportunity to win the conference outright, which is a big deal considering the ACC. In many eyes, is the best field hockey conference in the nation. But overall, through the 17 matches and the 15 wins more specifically, Nine of those wins coming against ranked teams, and the two losses, well, to the current number one and number two respective teams in the country, Iowa and Michigan. When I talked to uh, head coach Justine Sowery, and you can find that interview that I had with uh, Coach Sowery and uh, various members of the field hockey program at CardinalSportsZone.com talking about the program's rise to this national level, how culture and the way this program runs things has contributed to the overall levels of success that the team is starting to see more and more. Uh, the program had their first national semifinal appearance last year in that heartbreaking Final Four loss. They look to do more damage this year, however, returning 9 of the 11 starters from a year ago. They did lose Meg Schneider and Mercedes Pastor, which... Key members in critical parts of the field, as Justine Sowery explained. 
but ultimately the team able to come back, put together a very impressive 2021 campaign thus far. But one thing that really stood out to me when I was doing these interviews, and especially with um, talking about the schedule, it began with you know Sowery's comments, you know, saying, "Hey, you know, this is the hardest schedule that we've had since I've been here," and that wasn't something that was that Sowery even realized until it was getting close to the season, and she admit she had some doubts coming in because you know, let's face it, the National Field Hockey Tournament is one of the hardest, if not the hardest, national tournament to make out of all the Division One sports. Not many teams make it. Um, there's a handful of automatic qualifiers, and then the rest are at-large bids. So, you know, you can lose one to two games that you're not supposed to against inferior competition and end up missing the tournament. And, you know, Salary mentioned, you know, the senior class right now, they had a year where, you know, they had to miss the tournament because they did drop a game against a team that they weren't supposed to. And with it being the hardest strength of schedule, you know, this was a situation to where, you know, Louisville could have taken a step back regardless of bringing nine starters back or not. But the players, every time, every player that I talked to, you know, speaking about the strength of schedule, you know, the, the same mantra came up is to be the best, you have to beat the best. You know, we feel like, you know, we have the team that can go all the way, but you have to beat those the teams that are at the top to, to be at the top. And you see that in the schedule that they play. Like I mentioned, 11 of the first 17 matches have been against ranked teams. But it goes back to that culture word. You know, culture sometimes gets overblown unless you can truly define it. You know, when you start to fall back on the loose blanket term of the word culture, I think that that's where you start to get into danger zone because you use a certain type of rhetoric when you discuss culture to where if you don't truly define what that culture is, you have to question whether or not you actually have a good culture. But, you know, salary, the players, they've defined what that culture is. It's one that is, you know, embodied by hard work. Nothing comes easy. It's always, you know, team over me. You can come be a star at Louisville. You know, salary makes that perfectly clear. But if you're not being conducive to winning, then, you know, your style of play is not going to help this team. And it's a team that, you know, is super balanced throughout. I mean, if you look at this roster, like I mentioned, nine players back from a season ago, I think it all starts with what, um, you know, Katie Schneider, Julie Kalizer have been able to do in terms of scoring goals and getting assists. Uh, Amy Plum, as I mentioned, has been big, especially in the past two matches. Maddie Tabor, Erica Cooper, Cameron Pache, the Louisville Natives, and then you have uh, Mila DeKire in goal, uh, who has been an absolute rock in the net. It's just when you look at this team up to bottom, there's so many names to, you know, to talk about. Allie Bidding, uh, EJ Amorde, Charlie Van Orshot, Mackenzie Carl. Um, you, you know, Philippia Newbear. I mean, going down the line, there's so many players that have made such a big impact. And that's the reason why, you know, this program is where it is, it is because of that hard work. It's because of that culture that Justine Sowery and the coaching staff have really implemented. You have a mixture of homegrown talent that come from the 502. And then you have talent, you know, from all over the world that come and they bring their individual playing styles and it meshes really well together because the players truly care for each other. And overall, I mean, you're seeing that on the field. This is a 
program that has made multiple tournament appearances under salary. But you know, just the past year or two, the the program is starting to take you know an upward trajectory, making the semifinals for the first time in program history last year. When you kind of magnify those two losses this season to Iowa to Michigan, they lost 2-0 to Iowa, which was close in the first half, and then Michigan was a 2-1 loss. So it's not like you know Louisville is a team that cannot compete with the you know top two three teams because in, in all reality they are one uh, but it's going to be a matter of just continuing to capitalize on opportunities they will face Syracuse like I mentioned on senior day this Friday before they start ACC conference tournament play um, but this is a team that is going to be competing for the national title. Um, I definitely expect them to win the ACC regular season title and then the conference tournament. I have high hopes. If you made me make a prediction, I think that this is a team that definitely could get over the hump. And if you know a couple things go their way, a team that we could definitely see raising the national championship trophy at the end of the season here not long from now. So they're doing a lot of great things. Justine Sowery has the train absolutely rolling off the tracks. I mean, it is a locomotive that has not been able to be stopped many times this season at all. A bunch of ranked wins. The strength of schedule is off the charts brutal. And uh, they're reaping the fruits of that tough schedule. And there are not many teams in the country that are as battle-tested as the Cards so let's transition uh, back into football as we did yesterday. I uh, want to get into more of a specific sense, especially in the running back committee. Travion Cooley emerging as one of the top options in the running back core. I want to talk about what his emergence does uh, for this running back committee and analyze his big day against Boston College. Before we do that, let's talk about our friends down at Prize Picks. If you're a college football fanatic, you need to hear about Prize Picks. It's daily fantasy made easy. It's a leader in college sports daily fantasy as well. Prize Picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world while offering all of the star players at the Power Five as well as mid majors. You can get any prop you can think of on prize picks from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All of those that deposit and use the promo code locked on will, will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. So basically, here's how it works you pick two to five players and an over under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. And it's literally just you versus the projected numbers. Prize Picks allows multiple sports entries, so you can take the over on Lamar Jackson and combine that with the under on Russell Westbrook in the same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. And Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawal, so don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use the promo code Locked On, or go to your App Store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Also want to discuss our title sponsor of the show, Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry when you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. It allows you to save time and money. So why choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership when Rock Auto is a family business, the prices are reliably low for every customer, and simply they have everything you could need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Do yourself a favor. 
rockauto.com. Go to that right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Something else that has proven to be reliable in the past couple weeks, especially for the Louisville football team, is the rushing attack against Wake Forest. It was Malik Cunningham and Jalen Mitchell. Against Virginia, it was Hassan Hall. And then against Boston College, it was Malik Cunningham and Travion Cooley. So coming into the season, we weren't necessarily too awful sure of, outside of Jalen Mitchell, who was going to step up in that running back committee and show out. It seems like we have the somewhat three or even four-headed monster. Travion Cooley is the guy I want to focus on here because with each passing week, he's getting more and more opportunities. It doesn't help, number one, that Hassan Hall has been injured, but also had a fumble early on in the game against Boston College. I don't think, I'm not sure really how much we saw of him after that. Cooley did have a fumble himself, but he was definitely the most successful runner out of all the Louisville running backs. 13 carries on the evening, 112 yards, 8.6 yards per carry. Didn't have a touchdown but was instrumental, especially in that last drive that ultimately put Louisville up by 14 once again. So it's good to see him get over that century mark. But overall, for the running back committee looking forward, this is a best-case scenario because, number one, yes, you have a dual-threat quarterback who makes defenses have to game plan for him especially and specifically, but when you also have two to three running backs that have shown that they could be successful and you're forcing other teams to game plan for all three because it seems like you know Scott Satterfield uses one based upon matchups more so than the others. And it's good to see Jalen Mitchell get going. It's good to see Hassan Hall get going. But arguably, you know, I think Travion Cooley has the most potential out of any of the Louisville running backs. A very solid receiver, um, has a lot of you know underrated speed, can get through that second line of the defense. And I think once he improves running between the hash marks, it's going to be a very scary sight for that Louisville rushing attack. Um, you know, he is continuing to impress week after week you we saw flashes early on in the first half of the season with him getting the majority of the carries in this one against Boston College I think we're going to see less and less of a feature back and just more so riding the hot hand you know it's going to be like um, you think of the quarterback carousel in 2015 when it was Lamar Jackson, when it was Kyle Bowen, Reggie Bonifant, Will Gardner. It was whoever was playing good until you found someone who you know permanently stuck. And in the Kentucky game and moving into Texas A&M, Lamar Jackson won that job. So I feel like it's going to be the same case for the Louisville rushing attack. You know, Scott Satterfield and company, it's a run-dominant offense and dominated by you know the ground game. So even if one is able to separate themselves from the pack, I, I still see the Louisville using the secondary and tertiary option at running back just because it keeps defenses off balance and just because their skill sets are also different in general. If Hassan Hall can work on his ball security, he offers a home run threat and home run potential with his speed and his ability to you know, calls missed tackles that the other running backs don't necessarily have, or at least not to that level. 
You know, Jalen Mitchell is pretty much a strict power back, and Travion Cooley has the potential to be your best receiver. So, you know, being able to have such different skill sets and use them at different times, even if one guy separates themselves from the other and distinguishes himself as the feature back, I still think you're going to see other guys get a good amount of opportunities as well. Keep an eye out for Maurice Berkeley, Jawar Jordan, and Aiden Robbins. You know, I have a feeling that we're going to see you know one of if not all three of those guys in some capacity later on down the road. I'm not necessarily sure in what dynamic, but I feel like at least one of them is going to have a big game uh, out of the blue for Louisville in the final five contests of the season. But being able to have a guy like Travion Cooley, who obviously is your running back of the future, very highly rated coming out of high school, one of the gems of the Flyville 21 class, having him come in and consistently get better week in, week out. I think this is very huge for the running back competition as a whole. Not only does iron sharpen iron in this situation, but also, you know, your true freshman is pushing your you know, feature back for that starting role. And I got to be honest, I'm not necessarily sure that he doesn't deserve it. I think that Travion Cooley is the best running back on this team. And that's not necessarily a knock on any of the other guys in this committee because they are very solid as well. But that's more of a testament to how good Cooley is and how good he can be, not only as a running back, but also as a receiver. One thing that I want to see him improve on is his blocking, especially for Malik Cunningham. Um, The offensive line has done a great job, and that's another thing that has contributed to the rushing attack being uh, consistently developed week in, week out over the past three weeks. Um, but you know, having that guy who can you know, block well like Jalen Mitchell, I think it's going to continue to help his overall progression. So, And another aspect of Cooley's progression is going to be measured this week, a true road game in a hostile environment against arguably the best team in the ACC. Uh, all eyes are going to be on him and you know, obviously the team as well, but I'm definitely going to be focusing on him to see how he performs in probably his toughest test yet but overall very excited for what he's doing and very exciting for all of the newcomers that have come in because there's a lot that are making so let's talk about some of them but first we're going to discuss our friends down at sweat block you know for a few weeks now we've been talking about this sweat block these wipes that stop sweat for seven days and it seems people have been listening we have friends of Locked On who have tried sweat block there's a story that I was made aware of just recently about a soccer player that is very avid in the sport, and he heard us talking about sweat block and thought it was too good to be true. And he always sweat more than any other player. I'm talking like profusely sweating. So he thought he'd give sweat block a shot. He tried it on his armpits the next practice, and they were dry. And that phenomenon carried on throughout the next week, so he didn't even have to reapply uh, until about nine days afterwards. So he's been using sweat block a ton. So you can stop the excessive sweat for up to seven days per use. It's doctor created and doctor recommended. And there's a dry share guarantee. So sweat block doesn't keep you dry. You can get your money back. And it's not just for your armpits, your chest, back, feet, hands. Use it anywhere. And I literally mean anywhere. <clears throat> That's sweat. So if you or someone you care about is dealing with excessive sweat, you have to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or at Amazon or CVS. All right, so the final segment of the day, we're highlighting some of the newcomers that have really shown out in the first seven games of the season, kind of taking it position by position. We'll start on the offense. I think the offensive line is one of those positions that doesn't necessarily get the credit that they deserve. There aren't that many uh, measuring statistics that can really gauge just how successful and how impactful the offensive line is for a 
respective team. However, right now, Louisville top 15 in tackles for loss in terms of um, offensively speaking, that is. And a lot of that is because of the offensive line. Michael Gonzalez, uh, Brian Hudson, a true freshman, and a transfer from Virginia Tech, respectively, have been very instrumental in what the Louisville offensive line has been able to do this season. Two guys on the line that I expect to you know, anchor it down for the upcoming years. We mentioned Travion Cooley in the running back committee. There aren't necessarily a, a ton of newcomers you know, in the tight end group, in the running back committee, um, but in the wide receiving core is where you see a couple. You know, Most notably, Amari Huggins-Bruce hasn't necessarily done too awful much in the past couple weeks, but he's still, um, you know, top four in receiving yards, trailing just Marshawn Ford, Jordan Watkins, and Tyler Harrell. 260 yards in the air, 13 catches, um, one touchdown on the year that came to Wake Forest. So there, there's some good players on offense that have came into the program this past season. Um, Travion Cooley, Amari Huggins-Bruce, Michael Gonzalez, a trio of young true freshmen from the Flyville 21 class that have seen some early playing time and have taken advantage of it. And then you have some veterans that have played elsewhere transferring in, you know, Brian Hudson being the main guy there. But I have to be honest, on the defense is where you see these newcomers making the biggest impact. I, I should say the amount of newcomers is, is definitely bigger as well. When you look at the defensive line, I mean, um, Ashton Gelati has been huge. True freshman, one of those guys that had a very solid preseason, uh, very solid fall camp, added a lot of weight in the offseason. He's doing extremely well on the year. Um, I believe he has three sacks, which is second on the team, trailing just Yasir Abdullah. He's doing a ton of great work. Um, and then you you know talk about the linebacking core. You have guys like uh, Jalen Alderman who have had to step up due to injury. He made some big plays throughout the season, most notably that pick six in his first play against UCF that ended up winning Louisville the game. He's showing out, but really where you see the newcomers really start to shine is in the secondary. And it seems like the whole secondary is almost newcomers in a sense. Um, you know, Kitro Clark, Chandler Jones, you know, are guys that, you know, offer some continuity. But Quinterio Cole, Kendrick Duncan Jr., the two starting safeties both transferred in at the beginning of this season, and they have shown out and they're getting better, you know, week in, week out, and their opposing skill sets are are different in nature because, I mean, they play different positions and they have different roles, but they highlight and they complement the others extremely well. In fact, the duo ranks in the top five both individually in tackles for the team. So, I mean, Quinterio Cole has been a guy who's been a ball hawk. He's been solid in coverage. And so has Kendrick Duncan Jr. That is one of the reasons why the Louisville defense has made some strides forward and improve in a general sense. Although there's been some instances to where I feel like the the scheme and the play calling hasn't really helped the personnel on the field. But that um, I'm not going to beat that dead horse. Um, I think that the defense has improved as a whole, and a lot of it is improved safety play. Having veterans in the back end of the defense coaching the secondary is huge. You also have some other guys. Um, you know, Trey Franklin is one that I really want to bring up, and he was one of the highest graded defensive backs for Louisville this week against Boston College. Had the interception and man-to-man coverage, picking off Dennis Grissel. I believe it was in the 
third quarter, if I'm not mistaken, and he has come into the program, was one of the latest additions to the team, and he has been absolutely phenomenal since he's played. And he was one of those players to where when he committed, I was like, Oh man, that offer sheet isn't necessarily the greatest, but uh, I'll I'll give Scott Satterfield the benefit of the doubt because he's been able to find diamonds in the rough like Kittrell Clark, and you know by golly, you know Trey has been absolutely phenomenal, and he has really kind of picked up the slack opposite of Kittrell Clark at, at that other cornerback role, and I think that he's one of the players that has you know forced Scott Satterfield to really play him because he's been showing out. Jacques Turner, another guy that on the defense that transferred in, uh, the Southern Miss defensive tackle, might not start for the Cards, but definitely gives you some good depth at the position. So you know there's a handful of different guys that have come in and showed out for this program right away. You see it most in the secondary on the defense. But you know you have guys you know throughout different positions. You know Ashton Gelati, Amari Huggins, Bruce, Travion Cooley. I feel like those are the three true freshmen that we talk about the most. I mean they really highlight this Flyville 21 class, and there's going to be a lot of guys that play from this class. One of the better classes in recent memory for Louisville. And then outside of that, you know, being able to utilize transfers, you know, at, especially in the secondary, Trey Franklin, Quinterio Cole, Kendrick Duncan Jr., and then you have guys like Jacques Turner at defense tackle, uh, Brian Hudson at offensive line. You know, the list goes on and on. They have addressed the needs throughout the offseason, and, you know, people want to bash Scott Satterfield for not necessarily getting highly rated recruiting classes, but what he has done is he has, you know, addressed the team needs via the transfer portal, and the guys that he is bringing in, you know, for the most part have really come in and they've showed out and they've done what he's asked them to do and have they've accepted their responsibilities and they have definitely shined for this program and for a team that needs it. You know, this is a very young team bringing in those transfers and bringing in some more talented freshmen is exactly what the doctor ordered for the Louisville football program. So overall, we discussed why this Louisville field hockey team may end up being the best team in program history. Uh, we focused on Travion Cooley's big day against Boston College of what his emergence means for the running back committee, and we just highlighted some newcomers that have been showing out early on in the season. Tomorrow, Cardinal Sports Zone co-founder Jeremy Wallman joins the set for his weekly appearance. Uh, but before we get out of here, I want to give a couple quick shout-outs. First to the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast, that recent podcast recapping the Boston College game and talking about Louisville Athletics as a whole can be found at cardinalsportszone.com, released on Sunday. Also want to give a shout-out to the Locked On ACC podcast hosted by Candace Cooper. You can follow that on the Odyssey app or wherever you like to get your podcast. There's no better way to get caught up on all the conference news than following that podcast. But overall, that's going to wrap up this Tuesday edition of the show. Everyone have a great day, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow.